I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Hello and welcome to the RSL Show, your number one source of absolutely legitimate and professional RSL news. I'm Josh. I'm producer Andy. And I'm Mitch. Excellent. Thank you guys so much for joining us back on the RSL Show. Uh, We are back to discuss all of the cool things concerning Real Salt Lake, the league, uh, maybe some international talk, some rumors uh, within RSL and even internationally. Um, but first things first, uh, I don't want to talk about Real Salt Lake. Let's talk about the Euros. Um, I kind of want to get your guys' impressions of the last few matches. And also I want a prediction on who you guys think uh, will win the 2020 UEFA Euros. All right. Well, um, as far as how the tournament is going, I think this one's been quite entertaining. Uh, some insanely entertaining matches the last couple of days in the round of 16. Um, as far as who I think is going to win it, I'm going to go Belgium. Interesting. Yeah. No, I'm a uh, man. My, my country's out. We had a stinker. We got, we got swept away. Yeah. But um, someone that shouldn't have swept you away. No, they shouldn't. It's Frank De Boer. He's out like every other club. He only can stay for a few months, and he's on to the next one. Sounds a little bit like a player we know. Um, <laughs> um, oh, man. Oh, my God. I was not expecting that. <laughs> Insert guess as to who Mitch is talking about here. Um, so, yeah, no. Um, I, I, I'm putting all my eggs in the, in the England basket. I want it to come home. I want football to come home to England. I think they... They're producing the, the games are okay, you know. They had that stinker against uh, Scotland, but uh, for the main part, I think I think they're on a on a good way to the final. So I'm going for England. I think the other option that would be pretty solid is Italy. Yeah, but they've looked kind really of ridiculous. Tough. They they had a tough moment though. 
that last game. I thought yeah, they were not going to win it. Those first couple of matches, they look real strong. Yeah, they did. Anyway, I have like, zero stake in what happens because I'm not European, unlike you. So uh, as long as the games are fun, I don't care at the end of the day. Man, see, seeing the Dutch in uh, Budapest, man, that gave me some mad homesickness. I imagine. There was a lot of Dutch fans there. Yeah, being in a crowd like that, and it's it's just one giant party. And that's that's kind of what the Dutch are known for with the national teams. Like we have, they have such a big following with the teams that they turn a city into like little Holland, and it's one giant party. It's really cool. You guys just like set up windmills when you guys go traveling. Yeah, we yeah. paint everything orange. We bring our windmills, wooden shoes. Yeah, they can hear you coming from ten miles away. Yeah, click clack. Wooden shoes. Oh yeah, dude. Um, you know, I think uh, like not only the tournament, like it's obviously it's been fun to watch. You know, like six plus goals, um, you know, in, in like the Spain match. Um, who else went up uh, like six goals? And that, that France uh, Switzerland cool. match was wild. Oh, that one was Ooh. so good. Yeah, that was a good one. You got to, you know, you, you could feel that for Mbappe, but it's like it's it's the story of soccer, right? Like you've got the next quote unquote prodigy, you know, stepping up to either keep your team in it and they, they just fluff a penalty, but. You know, I I initially said it was a miss. It was a great block. It was the keeper a had save. a huge palm on it, uh, saved it. You you can't really feel bad for Mbappe or France. I mean, they've had like their you know World Cup winners, previous Euro winners. You don't really feel bad for that team. They've already you know done it, but uh, you feel bad for the individual, right? Mm. Um, no. Not, not a really. Mbappe fan? No? Okay. It's not that I'm not a fan. I just, you know, it happens. Well, he, he should have... Sorry. Keep no, going. I'm just saying it's it's not going to like affect his career, really, from here on out. He's still going to be one of the most expensive players. He's only, what, 19? We've got 10 years of excellence left in that guy. 10 years plus. So, I mean, it's, it's just a little blip in his career. He should, he should have been Dutch. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's... There's a lot of big Dutch players like Van Persie, Van Nistelrooy, that they all miss penalties, like crucial penalties in national teams. And it's like, it's 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 a big thing to play for your national team, but you know, it's just a penalty. Right. Like, it's not it's not the end of the world. But it's a one off in the round of sixteen. You know, it's a shame to lose in penalties, especially with how well France played. Benzema had two beautiful goals he had the header he had the the lucky touch with like the amazing foot control on the ball that was dirty. and then yeah super dirty goals and then of course you've got uh pogba with uh like just bending filth. it with his right foot just posing like a statue like they need to build a statue of that guy as cringy as he can be and as arrogant as he is i i think he's probably i wouldn't say like one of the most humble players in the world but when you're on a stage like that <laughs> Show off, dude. Like, you, you deserve it. So, in my opinion, France, it, it, an incredible match, incredible play. They totally should have won it, but it's soccer, and that's why we love the sport, because any team could advance against a powerhouse in a, a regular 90 or penalties. Yeah. 
And the and the crazy thing is about these big tournaments. There's always a crazy storyline. Like right now, we got the storyline of Ericsson, You know, Denmark. Yeah, Denmark just like they kick. Like they're gonna be going as far as they ever been. So that's really fun to watch. Yeah, watching him die on the field wasn't fun, but uh, the the stuff to come after has been great. It is crazy too, because when he went down, um, the first thing that popped up in my head is like, this is not the first player that played in Amsterdam that had a, a cardiac arrest like this. It's been they a bunch had... recently, haven't there been? So um, I think like two, two, three years ago, there was a, a young talent kid that dropped and went into a coma, and he's he's I I think he's back being functional but not really um i think he's still kind of in a vegetable state but he can talk now and then like probably 10 years ago they had a guy um same situation dropped that on the on the on the on the pitch got back brought back but his career was done his career never really took off after that and then Danny Blind, even um, Blind had a heart condition too for a little yeah. bit. And he right after he left up. United, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if there's something in the water with Amsterdam, but I think there is something in the water in Amsterdam. So, something they're feeding them uh, in training when they're kids? Maybe. It, it, it just seems a little odd. Yeah. I'm surprised nobody else kind of looked into it or thought about it. But Little workhorses, man. So, yeah, he's in stable condition, so. Oh yeah, no, he's yeah. good. He's doing a little I, better. I think if Denmark makes it into the final, that he's gonna be on the not playing on the pitch, but he he might walk out and thank everybody. Could you imagine if he was back to play by then? Just like insane. miraculous recovery. That would be insane. Yeah. So uh, I was gonna say cool things happening in the Euros. Aside from that, uh, cool things have been happening. I think for me is seeing like the fans back in the stands. It's just insanity. Um, the England goal, like there's just so many, uh, pictures, photos, videos where it's like Renaissance stills, right. Of like everybody freaking out, um, after the second goal, it was a great match. Um, I was just kind of watching like out of the corner of my eye at work, but, um, yeah, real cool stuff to come from the Euros, man. Um, and it's an exciting tournament. I don't think any match has been boring aside from the England. I think like the first 73 minutes was super boring up until they scored the two goals and, and pulled ahead. The yeah, the England game, matches have been pretty boring. The Netherlands game was boring too. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, that's your, your, your Euro news. Uh, we are back to uh, Major League Soccer, and uh, we won't waste any time. Uh, let's get straight into uh, impressions about the Houston Dynamo match versus Real Salt Lake. Um, before we kind of dissect that, I want to talk about the comments that, uh, you know, Freddie Juarez made, Justin Glad made, and Bobby Wood made. I think collectively, um, Justin Glad said something like, hey, you know, we're kind of soft. And that's kind of like the comment that stood out the most. Uh, That's the most that, you know, we reported on over at KSL Sports is the team just kind of having like that soft mentality uh, Bobby Wood post game interview went as far as to, you know, drop a word and say it's stupid that we give up goals, uh, that we gave up this goal. It's stupid that it's a tie. Do you guys agree with that? Uh, yeah, I do entirely. It's 
eh, kind of pathetic how soft we are at home. And the, the players are right. It is soft. Um, we shouldn't be giving up so many goals with the leading position at home. Just at home. Um, I don't know why we can come out fairly strong, control the match, but then for some reason just lose focus and, and get outplayed. I don't know if we're getting out coached. I don't know if I, I, I just don't know. It's just kind of sad. Yeah, it, it is. I, I don't even know where, where to look for this one. You know, we, we are always trying to blame certain players and whatnot, but on this one, I, I really don't know what Freddie needs to do or what the team needs to do to get that fire back in those bellies. And like, let's start winning. We, we how how many games in a row at home did we tie now? I think it's been four. That's yeah. Three or four. That's no, we, we we came back and beat um I think it's three. Yeah. Anyway, too many draws at home. I think we've dropped nine or twelve points at home, which is bad. I yeah. mean you have to win your home games to to be a playoff, you know, team. And especially and not winning you, them. It's horrible. Yeah. And especially when you got the upper hand in altitude. You know, your fans are behind you. There's no, ex- there should not be any excuse for them not to, not to take all the points. Yeah. And I, I don't know what creates the mental lapse. I mean, I get it. We're all human. It happens to everyone, mental lapses, but to continuously have them at home, when you have the lead. I, I just, I don't understand like how that can change. I don't, I don't know if that's a Freddie thing. I don't know if it's just an individual player thing. I don't know if the other teams are just, you know, finishing their one chance at who knows, man. Yeah, no. Yeah. And I think you're, I think you're right about finishing their opportunities. So um, with this match, um, Houston did pull ahead of us in the rankings at number six. We're sitting at number eight. However, they're, they are at 11 matches played. We are at nine. So, uh, you know, whichever, which way you look at it, we're still two matches less than Houston and our record isn't the worst. Uh, we are at three wins. Uh, we are at four draws. And we are at two losses. But back to your point, um, yeah, we had way more opportunities. So this match, the breakdown, possession-wise, RSL is at 58%. Houston is at 42%. Does anybody want to take a guess as to how many shots on goal Real Salt Lake had versus Houston? 21. So, to- 21 total shots. However, nine of those were on goal. Uh, Houston had seven shots, and three of those were on goal. So, to Josh's point, yeah, we're not we're not executing or placing those balls. We, we're we're not really creating. I mean, we're creating a threat and chances, but what we're doing with those is we're either not picking the best spots. Or the keeper just had a game. He was he was team of the week, so yeah, he did have a good game. We won't take that away from him. No, we we should have been up for nothing in the first half. The chances we had in the first half were some of the best chances I've seen RSL have in front of goal in a long time. Like Demir had a few headers. Um, Chang had a good header on goal. I don't know if that was the first half though, but. Um, there were a bunch of really good opportunities that we just didn't capitalize on. And we need to capitalize on those. Rub- uh, Rubin had that amazing run towards goal. 
little too of a heavy touch when he passed the goalie and it got too far in front of him, which was unfortunate. But yeah, I don't I don't know what's going on. I'm a little nervous, but yeah, it, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll be patient. And it's not only the shots on goals. I mean, we you know we 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 did dominate this game in terms of possession and opportunities. I mean, obviously, like I said, nine shots versus three on goal, fifty eight percent versus forty two percent. Uh, 13 corner kicks from Real Salt Lake and only four from Houston. So having a forward like a Rudy, right, who, um, you know, if you want to break down that goal, if it's uh, if they're breaking down our defense, if we just don't have defenders marking properly, it, in my opinion, it was a great shot. Um, the buildup wasn't the best, but a Rudy capitalized on it, right? Um, in the second half, we almost see another goal come from a Rudy. It's basically 1v1 versus Ochoa. Ochoa was lucky to get a palm on it. Um, and it's it's just, you know, when you have a forward like that, that's tactical where, yeah, sure, you only have three shots on goal, but one of those goes in. So you mean clinical, right? Clinical striker? Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the other issue with, with the Houston goal is... Uh, Paulo kind of just got lazy. It seems. I mean, that's really the only person I can blame that goal on. Uh, but he's also, I mean, if we're talking about players in a slump, you kind of have to include him in that batch. I don't know. I um, he. I don't think he had the the form that he had last year is a lot better than he has right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't know if he's really in a slump because we've been pretty defensive most of the time. I haven't seen him up top as much as I want him to see him up top and putting in those 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 good shots on goal. So I don't I don't know if I can blame Ruiz for that one. I would blame Beasley more cuz he's more of a defensive player that should be around that area. Mm-hmm. But Holt was wide open. Holt had nobody in front of him. If you look back at that goal, I feel like uh, Uriti or whatever his name is. I can't even pronounce it. He was he was wide open because all he did he got the he he took the ball and from standing still, which is kind of hard to control the ball standing still and just get that power on it. And no nobody covered him. So yeah, he he almost took himself out of the play, right? Which allowed him to get open. But would you say maybe Ochoa should have been directing his his defense a little better and and letting them know that he's open? I mean, he is a goalkeeper; he can see all that. But in that situation, is that is that something Ochoa should be worried about when they're that close to goal and threatening? Well, that's the hard part too. I, I'm I've never been a goalie, so I, I'm not sure how it should go in the back like that. But if if I just think about it in a in a in a way that I'm in goal, you're you're looking at the ball. At that point, because the, it's a danger. Like mm-hmm. it's in the box or a little bit outside the box. You're focused on that ball. So I wonder if he was just too focused on that, on that ball before the pass came and just didn't notice it. And that could also be, you know, he's young. Yeah, and I, I mean, where the ball was, I, I don't blame him really, because yes, he should be looking at that ball, right? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I need to go watch some more goalkeepers. But I have a feeling once the ball is kind of in the 18, they're not really looking around that much. I'm sure they're aware, um, but I don't think they're, you know, assigning every single mark and whatnot at that point. 
Because I mean, you see it all the time. You see guys get loose behind defenders when when the ball's inside the 18. So, I mean, can only be asked so much as a goalkeeper. I think, you know, the team collectively needs to communicate a little better in situations like that and keep each other accountable. Um, so I think, I think honestly, pinning it on one guy is, is irresponsible. Yeah. But he, he got the right channel too. Like it's right in between the players, like an open shot. Mm-hmm. It, it's a, it's a, it's a good goal. We cannot take that away from him either. Yeah. It was a good goal. Yeah. Yeah. Mo- moments like that, when it's getting a little disheveled in the back, I, I really miss Nate. <laughs> yes. Or Nick or Kyle even. Or Nick. Uh, at least, at least it wasn't the goal like Seattle scored that was just annoying, right? Like, if you're going to get scored on, at least let it be a nice goal. So, yeah, it just sucks that we drop points at home. I really hope it changes because, you know, we want this fortress back. I know a draw isn't a loss, but you know, you're still losing points. So, I, I'd like to see our form improve, um, and I'd like to see us not waste these two games in hand we have because uh, that would just be stupid. Yeah. What what did you uh how did you feel about the lineup? Um semi expected. I mean, quick turnaround, right? So, I mean, it was it could have been worse. I was a little uh, I, I I wish that Kovic was in town cuz I would have felt a lot better. You know what I mean? I don't know how I feel about Julio coming off the bench. Um I thought That's I'd like him more off the bench, but when I have seen him come off the bench, he just looks like Wiley Coyote, right? And he's just out there running around yeah. and he's, he's not in the flow. So when you hear Freddie talk about players that can get in and get involved with the flow and the mood and the feel of the game, I haven't seen that with Julio yet. Yeah, same here. The The game before this one, uh, Whitecaps, mm-hmm. he was all over the place too. And then this game, not great. So I I, I like him as a starter. For some reason, when he starts, he gets in the flow of the game much faster, mm-hmm. um, can make his runs better. And I, I really miss that when he's coming off the bench. So uh, up to now, would you pick up the loan option on him? Or would you send him back to the club with the performances up to now? Let's say it's going to be a couple million. And you got to remember, you also have Menendez coming in. So up to this point, I- do you keep him around? I would keep him around. I, I, the kid is fast. Mm-hmm. I, I see potential. Um, I like him better than Chang. Even though Chang had a better game? Well, this is one game that he was. Fair. Yeah, 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 fair. But if you look at the other games with Julio, he's been much, much better. So Right. And he you know, gives us that, that, dynamic, that, that dimension of speed that we don't really have. Um, so I would keep him around as well. I think his speed and Rubin is on par. Dangerous, yeah. Them both up front, whew, it's, it's nice. Do you think Rubin's going to score any more goals this year? I hope so. I think he will. I hope he will. He's getting he's getting close. He's getting close. So, uh, so uh, Andy's prompting us to talk about Albert. I I didn't notice him a whole lot. I know he had a good few link ups here and there. Um, his rating on the website I'm looking at is the highest of the team is 8.1. So That's a good he didn't outing, do bad. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm trying to be more positive with Albert. Yeah. I think his corners. Yeah, yeah. I think his corners improved a lot. Um, and I did see him, you know, link up, interchange, hustle, all those intangibles. 
Freddie talks about, um, but he wasn't like annoyingly bad this game. And I kind of wonder if he, if because he didn't get called up to the Euros, that he's like, okay, maybe I am not playing as good as I thought I was, and I need to step it up because I want to be on the national team. You'd hope, right? But also, you'd hope you know you look at your own stat line and be like, oh, maybe I'm not killing it. So another talking point. Um, so and and that was kind of something that I had seen collectively on Twitter, Facebook, um, people kind of mentioning that Rusnak had a lot of completed successful passes. Um, so look at it however which way you'd like to. Um, if he's contributing in that way, great. I still think he should be linking up for assists, goals. Um, but hey, if it's improving, if he's showing 8.1, um, Anything improvement-wise for Roosnack, I would say, is is a good place to be. Um, cool. So, I mean, it's just a short recap, right? Uh, do you guys want to talk about the uh, the the penalty um, that may that could have been a penalty or was not a penalty? I know there was a little bit of controversy there. The referee goes, reviews it, comes back, uh, decides that it's not a penalty. Did you guys see anything different, or do, or do you guys think that uh, pro referees made the right call this time? I I have a hard time with this one because it you know if it's our team that it that the that it get called on, we'll be hating it. But if it was in the right way for us, we would have loved it. Um, I didn't see the guy go for the ball at all. He is literally holding the mirror down. I don't think that's 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 allowed to do it like that just hold onto someone's arm like he's your dad um so i th- i think it should have been a penalty but it, it this is a this is a difficult one yeah i'm on i'm on team penalty um but again it's it's one of those you could if you really look at it you can see it going either way like if if that was you know glad we'd be shouting there's no way that's a penalty right that's kind of how i look at it um but then i think of you know the seattle match and the quote unquote handball off the shoulder and I'm like that's a penalty but this against the mirror is not like none of these rules make sense and it, it's, it's football's just getting confusing man I know it's the same with the whole VAR them not raising the flags right when they're offside mm-hmm. it's it's getting a little bit too muddy and like too like structured and too I don't know yeah I don't, there's I don't like it you feel like you're losing that flow and feeling of a game you know what I mean well you saw it after uh to go back to the Euros real quick um the the Mbappe penalty the goalie wasn't even sure if he did it okay right like he he stopped the he's just standing there can I celebrate I miss that <laughs> you know exa- yeah because how many times have we watched a goal go in them celebrating and then it's the mm-hmm. Let's do let's do that square motion and let's review it. Oh, that guy was an elbow offside. Right, his his elbow was offside, not his body. His elbow, his el- yeah. not his body, his elbow yeah. or his little pinky toe. Yeah. And it's like, come on, man! If we if we're really gonna do it like to those tiny little margins, then it's killing the game. Yeah, absolutely, and then it's not consistent to boot, so it's makes it even more frustrating. And I, I wonder if we didn't have VAR, if he would have called that as a penalty. Uh, probably because I feel like the mindset's gone to, oh, we'll see if the VAR guy tells me I was wrong. Exactly. And then it puts it in doubt, right? So, yeah, whatever. Whatever. Um, Looking at the replay, like either the replay was fast or, 
Um, it just happened quickly. I feel like, you know, I love Demir. I have nothing negative to say about Demir. And I know that, you know, as a, as a clinical player like that, Josh, um, <laughs> when you feel a tug in the box, you go down, you go down. So yep. did he go down a little too easy? I don't think so. Cause he actually, he actually, if you look at the video, he actually went up and when he feels like this, this guy just bear hugging his arm, he kind of just lets his feet go. Mm-hmm. I would have done the same thing. To be well, honest. you have to, you know what I mean? If yeah. you don't, then I don't know. You're getting screamed at for not taking the dive, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you know, it's the outcome. We're not happy with it. Uh, draws real, a, a real negative thing to, to experience at home. Some people would still argue and say that we are on a good trajectory, um, that we're at least not losing games, but as, a, as we all know, and it's just, it's always been repeated as the season goes, the draws are going to come back and just bite you in your ass, right? Exactly. So, so moving on to the next match, uh, Saturday's match, we play Los Angeles Football Club. Uh, they are not doing so hot in the standings. Uh, for those of you that are curious, uh, LAFC records right now is three wins, three draws, and four losses. Uh, to kind of give you some context, uh, they lost 2-0 to LAFC, which um, I think is a no-brainer. Two, uh, wait, LAFC lost to LAFC? Excuse me, did I say Seattle? Or did I say LAFC? <laughs> you said LAFC. My mistake. All right, so 2-0 two, uh, lost uh, to Seattle Sounders. Uh, they also lost to FC Dallas, LA Galaxy 2-1, and then they also lost to New York City. 2-1. So all close matches. Um, they're not getting blown out or anything like that. Um, they sit in 10th right now. And another interesting stat, Corey Baird is tied in first place for the most goals on that team. And it's not even an impressive stat. It's three goals. So collectively as a team, they're not scoring much goals. Uh, it seems like they're struggling. They're not the LAFC, the LAFC of the past that we all know, that we all hate. What are your guys' predictions? Uh, what do you think is going to come from Saturday's match? Um, it'll always be a tough match just because it is LAFC and they like to beat us. However, we are at home, and I think this is a game that we absolutely must and should win. But with us being at home, that puts it in doubts. I also fear Corey Baird coming back to Salt Lake City and having an absolute blinder. So that that's my pre- I predict RSL draws 2-2. Two, two. <laughs> I was going to say the same <laughs> thing. It's going to be a draw. I already got my tweet ready. I'm going to retweet what I tweeted four games ago. It's going to be a draw. Unless, unless a miracle happens and we can come on top. I really hope we can beat LAFC at home. But... Well, we're... At this point, mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I mean, we, you know, July 3rd, you know, there's going to be fireworks there. It's going to be a full capacity crowd. We know that RSL shows up on fireworks day. Like, it's just a tradition. <laughs> I just can't remember, like, losing at home or drawing on fireworks day. Um, I think it goes, you know, I think it'll be a tough match. 
it would be great to see Corey Baird score a goal and just kind of, you know, stick it to the fan base, including us, you know, who have hated him. I'd love to see him fail, but I feel like I think I agree with you guys. He's going to have at least a goal, um, if, especially if he's the top scorer with three goals on that team, which is embarrassing. Um, I don't think Corey Baird's dad still listens to this podcast, but oh, he might though because of the LEFC match. Um, I like Corey Baird as a person. Just I'm happy he's, you know, honestly, he's gone to LAFC. He's seen some success. Good for him. You know what I'm saying? Like on a personal level, good for him. Get paid. Go to a club with an excellent fan base. Cool area. All, all the cool stuff. Happy for him. Um, but like with you guys, I think I, I see like a 2-1. I see RSL pulling ahead. Uh, hopefully we could get a win. Um, that's just kind of my prediction. And I would love to see, you know, Bobby Wood, even if he's coming off the bench, you know, scoring a goal. And I would love to see another Rubio Rubin goal. Um, all it's all it takes is Rubio Rubin just to get hot, just kind of find the space. And I mean, I I, I can expect two matches, or excuse me, two goals from Rubio Rubin at this rate per match, just because I feel like he's always finding the space, always has great opportunities, and I think that. As we continue to kind of, you know, we're not building around him. I'm not saying that we are, but when you build players who, especially like Bobby Wood, who get who could get in there and create a dangerous duo, I think we're onto something good. Yeah, I, I just hope that Bobby gets uh, match fit soon because I want I want to see him start. I want to see what he can really do because every time he he subs in, I don't see a whole lot of him. Because at that at the time that he subs in, most of the players are tired and we're just kind of hanging back for some weird reason, mm-hmm. and we're not able to to feed him the ball the way he needs him. So I cannot wait for Bobby to be ready to uh, to start scoring some goals because we need it. And I think against LAFC would be amazing to have your first goal. Post match, Bobby Wood, he's just kind of breaking it down. He's not. You know, he's not really, uh, you know, he's not going easy on the guys. He's not going easy on a team that, you know, he's only played 20 minutes with, right? Um, I I think it's the first time that I've seen in a long time where a a team or, excuse me, a player has just kind of ripped RSL apart in a post-match interview. And, you know, it's, it's, it, it was a light tearing apart, but a lot of people kind of interpreted that as the voice that we need the maturity that we need, maybe the leadership that we need. So do you think, Josh, that Bobby Wood could be that guy? Do you see him like as an authoritative figure for RSL? Absolutely. And I and I completely agree. I think I think RSL needs that, right? Like Demir, great leader, nice guy, right? He's never gonna go on, on camera and bash anybody or, or say what he's thinking. Um, we don't have Beckerman to do that anymore. We don't have Armando. We don't have Borchers. We don't have Winger. Winger was the best at it. So having Bobby Wood come in, you know, f- fresh with the team and, and is already telling them, you know, Hey, we got to do better than this. Like he's seen, he's seen it. He's been around. He's been a professional. This is a true professional and, and he has expectations. So I think it's good for him to pass those expectations along to his teammates. Normally I'll be a little bit more critical of a new player coming on a team. Um, kind of thrown shade but he is it is Bobby Wood he's a very seasoned player 
Um, so I'm I'm okay with him talking some smack on some players here and there to like let that light that fire. Because to be honest, I don't really see Freddie as a as a guy that does that in the locker room. I, you know, every time we met Freddie, super nice, super polite. I've never seen Freddie really fired up. Um, you know, kind of like I don't want to say his name, but the guy from Jersey. Um, you know, he had that fire, but it was the right wrong too much fire. fire. Um, too much fire. So, I I like it. I I really like that Bobby is doing this, and it's just more like, hey, you know, we're too soft. This team is too soft, and and we we gotta we gotta do something about it. And I also like that he's comfortable enough already to say it, um, which means that the team itself is probably fairly close, and and he feels like he can say it, right? Yeah, I've I've never. I've never seen a, a player coming into a team and two games in just is like, yeah, this needs mm-hmm. to change. Yeah. So pretty ballsy from him. And I, I like it. I like it. Yeah. He's kind of setting that expectation. And I think that it is kind of like the absent voice that we've needed because, you know, locker room might be great. The guys get along, but I, I feel like it's, you know, I feel like it's just, uh, like a boys club in a way where it's just like, Hey, this is enough for us. We're having fun. Everyone's friends. Like, you know, we care more about the pictures of us, like entering into the stadium than we do like the actual field on the, like the play on the field. So to, to have somebody like Bobby would come in and just kind of shake things up. Uh, yeah. You, you hit it on the nail. He's a true professional a lot of appearances with the national team has played um, in Europe. Like this guy is, he's, he's not a dude who came from an academy, uh, like, you know, within RSL, right? He, he didn't, he didn't play at the USL forever. And he, he doesn't see that, you know, Real Salt Lake is like the end goal for him. I really don't think that, you know, it'd be cool if Bobby Wood comes in and sticks around, has a long career with us, but just the way that he's talking, it, it's more of like a player-coach mind frame. And I think that he is expecting a lot more um, because the vibes that I get from him is he wants to come in here, tear it up, do a great job with RSL. And if there is more uh, gas in the tank and maybe play at a different level somewhere, I think he still has those ambitions. And even though it won't happen or if it doesn't happen – He's going to try to make the best of his, uh, like the you know the 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 later end of his career here with RSL. Yeah, I mean he's not super old. He could absolutely come into RSL, do a job and and resurrect his career. And I think we would all be fine with that, right? If he's doing a job for us and resurrecting his career, it means we're having a good time too. So I can only hope that's what actually happens. Yeah, I just think that you know, and I'm, I'm not like slamming anybody, any players. If you, if you went through the academy, if you went through Monarchs and you're up in Real Salt Lake, good for you. But you should strive to give it all you've got and see what's out there. Prove it on the field, win us some shit, and then leave. Go do it elsewhere. Um, but again, if you're really good, we would love for you to stay. But I just, like I said, I think Bobby Wood has just more ambitions than to just making the first team. And I think... When I look at like the squad, some players, like they think they've already made it. 
And sure, you already made it on to Real Salt Lake's first team, but is that really your end game? Like, is that enough? I really wonder who you're talking about, but I can only guess. <laughs> like I said, man, not slamming anybody. So, um, yeah, I think it'll be an interesting match. So Josh thinks it's 2-2. Mitch? I'm just going to think a draw. That's any any score. I don't care. It's going to be know, a draw. My predictions are pretty right. Um, I think it's going to be a two one. I think it's just weird, man. I think like the, you know, the the thing is, is every single match that we've played, although I think the last match they said it was full capacity, like it, it, it just wasn't sold out. And if, if we remember where we live, like we know that July 3rd at Rio Tinto is going to be a sellout and it just produces this whole different environment. And I think that when you have a full stadium, whether, 60% of those people are actually there for you and 40% are there for fireworks. Uh, I think the play on the field is just going to be a little bit more ramped up. As long as long as that 40% shows up before the 80th minute, we're good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I just want to shout out the sponsors real quick. Um, let's talk about One Wire Fiber. Guys, go follow them at One Wire VOIP on Instagram, at One Wire Fiber on Twitter. Uh, they're an amazing sponsor. If you're a business owner, if you do any type of like telecommunications, if you work with CRMs, um, this is stuff that you can access from your phone, uh, check up on your clients, uh, see which employees are on calls, engaged, which which aren't, um, and check them out. It's onewire.co. Now, if you don't own a business and you just listen to the RSL show, go follow them as well because uh, for the last match, they gave us eight tickets to give away um four pairs of two so shout out to one wire and, and the team adam sessions thank you and i see mitch raising his hand if he wants to do the uh, park cafe sponsor go ahead man no i just want to see if we're if we can come on a friday and hit up that breakfast yeah they yeah they have friday breakfast over at one wire fiber i think uh, park cafe should do a little collab and just go show up and, and cook some food there um but again uh, we want to thank uh, park cafe Obviously, check them out. Sean Miller, um, amazing owner. Guys, honestly, like we're it's it's not even scripted, but it's like Park Cafe, in my opinion, is one of the best breakfast spots. Um, super friendly staff. The food is great. They're located on six oh four East, thirteen hundred South. Uh, they are open every single morning at seven a.m. Uh, really, really good breakfast. Big, big soccer fans. Uh, just overall, nice people down there. Yeah, I think it's six a.m. now. That's Sorry, I think they open at six. I think they always open at six. Something I think like it's that. new. Yeah. Anyway, early. Go get early breakfast and, and eat and be happy. Yeah, I don't miss I, I don't miss a whole lot from Salt Lake living in Portland because we got great food here. But there's one thing that I do miss is it's going to the park at family Saturday morning with the boys. Um, that's one thing I really miss about living in Salt Lake. But as soon as I'm you in know town, where we're going. first place I hit yeah. up. The first place we hit up is the Park Cafe. All right. That wraps <laughs> up the show, guys. Um, follow us on Twitter. I am at Andy Munoz48. Uh, Josh, what's your handle? And Mitch, what's your handle? At SLDID underscore Josh. And I am at... Hold on. <laughs> Dude, mine sucks. I need to change my, <laughs> my handle because it sucks explaining it to me. It's it's underscore Mitch. Uh, M-I-T-X-H. M-I-T-X-H. And again, uh, follow at B, like Brad, Jake Simons. 
Uh, he's also on Twitter. He's still a host of the RSL show. He's just building a house and getting married, guys. So uh, we appreciate you guys uh, following us and uh, checking out every single episode. If you guys can, go onto the podcast app. Leave us five stars. Um, leave us five stars. You can say mean things. Just leave us five stars, and that'll wrap today's show. You better play a good tune after after we're done. No Weezer, <laughs> just a good song, Andy. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great.